You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks, my friends. Today we are doing part two of my conversation with Britt Carmichael of World by Britt. I am super pumped because we're actually talking about relationships. She is doing her very first couples retreat in 2022, and we're just going to talk a little bit about um, how to coexist with another human being. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation as always. I really feel like her and I could talk for hours on end, Um, and I'm pretty sure this probably isn't going to be the last time that she is on on the podcast. So please enjoy. I will also link information to her couples retreat in the show notes. Um, look into it. If this is something that resonates with you um, and you've never been on a retreat, uh, this might be exactly what you and your significant other need. So enjoy the conversation. If you like what you hear, don't forget to screenshot it, tag me, tag Brit. Um, and enjoy. Hi, Britt. Welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. Hello, gorgeous. I'm so glad to be here. I feel like I've missed you and there's so much to catch up on. I know. I feel like this is something we could do like monthly because it's only been what, like a month, I think. (laughs) Yeah, no biggie. But I mean, when you connect with someone like soul deep, you just, there's so much energy that wants to be exchanged and shared and wisdom passed on. So I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to come on again and um, spark up some magic. Yes. Anytime. Well, these are the ones that I feel like could be like four or five hours long if we like really like <laughs> wanted them to. Um, but speaking of like connecting with somebody, I'm just going to jump right in because I feel like if you listen to the podcast, you know who Brit is. Um, maybe actually do a little brief bio just in case we've got a new listener. Okie dokie, brief bio. I'm Brittany Carmichael, the founder of Shine School and the Shine from the Inside Oracle. I've owned a luxury vegan salon for the last 15 years and listening to women, how they think and feel about themselves has sent me on a journey to empower women to break free of the fear that stops them from shining their light because we can make them beautiful on the outside, but if they don't love themselves on the inside, mm, it's kind of like, what's the point? You know, how many of you have done highlights in your clients? It's like, oh, I just should have put makeup on. Oh, I just look terrible. I just like, oh, I need some lipstick. And like, um, did you see this gorgeous art piece on your head that I just did? Like, no, they are too busy thinking about the internal story they tell themselves. So I'm here to rewrite the script. Ah, I love that. It's so true. You know, I've had to break up with three clients in my whole career of 18 years and all three of them like apologized because it was them internally you know, and it was, it's, I always find that very interesting. And I think about that every time I have a client that does that because most clients do, you know, oh, I should have wore a different outfit. Oh, I should, you know what I mean? Rather than just being like, damn, I look good. Yep. (laughs) Like this appointment was on the books for months. Like you have to wait months to get in. So like, I know you knew what day it was like, (laughs) so let's, let's not use excuses to not, you know, I'm going to take 27 million pictures. So (laughs) 100%, 100%. 
Um, so at the beginning, you talked for a second about us connecting. I want to talk about connection for a second because you and your husband are doing a couples retreat. Yes. And talk about, so is this just for hairstylists or is this for any couple who is just maybe lacking connection or explain what this is a little bit? Yeah, I think that's a great question. It's so funny because none of my retreats from goddess retreats to this evolved couples retreat are specifically for hairdressers. Actually, even my coaching and everything that I do is like not specifically geared towards hairdressers, but my goddess, <laughs> do does the universe bring me all the hairdressers? And it makes sense because I'm in this world, but I tried so hard to like, no, I'm just, I'm for everybody. I'm for everyone. And now after hair love, I'm like, nah, it's my people. Like I love hairdressers. So no, it's not technically for hairdressers, but I will say the first couple that signed up are both hair educators, like husband and wife. So I feel like we're setting the tone. Okay. But really this evolved couples retreat is not for couples in crisis. This is for couples who want to take their relationship and their connection to a deeper level. Because here's the thing. I remember many years ago when I signed up with my partner, when we got in this relationship, we fought all the time, like crazy because we were stubborn because we didn't know how to communicate because we're both air signs, which, you know, like all of these little fine details about your personality and the way that you operate and think and believe and respond all contribute to the level in which you can get intimate with your partner. And intimacy always boils down to understanding. When you can understand your part partner, that's when you find intimacy. And that's really what um, is driving this whole mission is I wanted to empower women like go girls, girl power, come to my goddess retreats. And every woman that would go home, their husband would be like, who the fuck are you? What just happened? Where, what, what? I want some of that. How can I get a part? How can I be a part of that? And the women that kept coming back to my retreat, because it's just that good, right? They just want more of it. They came back and they're like, can I bring my husband? Can I bring my husband? Can you, can you do something for my partner to up level? Because what I'm witnessing in my career and, and my, from my vantage point is that so many more women are waking up and reclaiming their power. And men are still operating from an old, like archaic hustle. Like I'm the strong one and I don't show my emotions. And like, that's just not working anymore. And so the women that are starting to evolve, their partners are like, wait, I don't, don't leave me behind, please. And so I feel like we were asked, we were guided, we were told this is what we were going to do. This wasn't even our own intuitive, like, let's come up with this great idea to do a couples retreat. Although Chris has always said for years, you know, we're going to be known for teaching relationships and couples and relationships. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> and oh my goddess, here it is like evolved couples retreat coming back full circle. Chris was right. We're teaching about relationships because we want to teach people how to overcome their past that stops them from being present and really making that deep connection. And then what I'm really excited about is getting them on the same page so that they can build their future dreams together, whether that's their own personal goals or their goals as a couple together. Yeah. And it's such a great idea too, just because like, so my husband and I, you know, we have a kid, we both work, like it's, there's a lot going on. And during the week, sometimes it's just like, all right, we do the thing. We talk for 10 minutes and then we watch TV to relax. And we went on a date night um, recently and we realize it's like, we haven't done this in a long time. And this is like the only time that we really like sit down and communicate in a different, better, deeper way. And I, I literally said to him, I was like, it's so funny. I was like, last week I was thinking, maybe we should start going to counseling. And then I was like, no, we just need to go out to eat without the kid. And like, <laughs> so a retreat is so awesome because I mean, I, I go to retreats alone and it's very true. It's like, I will come back. You know, my mind is just like, 
I'm saying all these things and I don't know if he thinks I'm crazy or if he understands, I'm not sure, but he supports it, whatever, <laughs> however he feels about Still it. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but I, I would be very curious how he would be because he's not closed off to better communication, things like that. Um, and I would be very curious how he would be if I was like, you know what, you and I, let's go on a, on a retreat together, yeah. you know? And I, I think that, um, I think it's cool because I mean, even not going on a retreat and just going on vacation is huge for us. Yeah. Like it always like brings us back to almost like when we first started dating, which essentially is, I mean, what you always kind of want to strive for that seems so far away, right? Like, are you ever really get that feeling again? Like from the beginning of a relationship? I think so. I mean, obviously some of the chemicals and drugs are, have worn off. There's a literal physical response that happens when you're like falling quote in love with someone. And I, I, but I think what's the difference is that it's the quality time that you're spending together. And like you said, 10 minutes of like, Hey, how's your day? Versus when you first start dating, it's like, I want to spend every fucking second with you. Right. And I think just creating that time and space. And when you have the time and space, you cultivate those feelings again, because you're not just like in busy mode. Right. It, well, so what do you and your husband do to kind of on a daily basis or even a weekly basis, um, yeah. kind of make sure that you're not in that. I don't like saying the hustle mode, but yeah. you get it. You know? yeah, totally. There's a couple things that contribute to that, like ongoing, consistent connection. One, we don't have kids. So like that really does make a difference is it, what I'm learning in like getting feedback from partners and like even just setting up the couples retreat, you know, Chris and I can just like, Oh, tomorrow you want to go to Italy. Okay, let's go. You know? And like, we're just out of here. Like we have animals. So things need to happen, but we have, we have that taken care of. We have people that will come in place for that. So one, that is a big thing. So for, if you're, if you're like, I have kids, well, fuck you. I can't do anything then like, no, that's not true, but that does help. So I will be honest. Right. The other thing that I think is important is that every single week we go on a date night, whether it's to our couch or whether it's to the park or what, I mean, we don't even go, I'm like, well, no, we don't go to the movies, you know, but like <laughs> whatever it is, like we just call it date night. So creating that ritual, we have, we make rituals and like everything in our life is a ritual and date night every Friday night is a ritual that we invoke because we started remembering like how fun it was Friday night. Like when you're out of school and you're like, it's a fucking weekend. Like there's this energy that feels really good about the weekend. Right. And so we're like, let's tap into that energy and like bring that into our relationship. Like it's fucking Friday. I'm off. I'm off from work. Let's go have fun. Um, so every Friday night we call it date night and we cuddle a little closer. We just change the our attitude and the energy we bring to each other. We snuggle a little closer on the couch. Like just things are a little bit different now. Am I still in my PJs? And is it probably the same as Monday night? Yes. But right. because we activate it and give it this ritual or this essence behind it just changes the game. And like, we'll make popcorn, like homemade popcorn, which we wouldn't do on a Tuesday. You know what I mean? So like just little things like that, that, you know, just by giving it this energy called date night has really changed the game. And it's fun because every Friday, like when I'm coaching uh, my clients and they're like, I haven't been on a date in X amount of however long I'm like, Holy mother, like, no wonder your sex life sucks. Yeah. Like for real, like no wonder. And, um, I think having that date night, like just calling it that every week, even if you don't go do something extravagant or go on vacation or something like that, I think that's going to be a big turning point to like get that intimacy started right away. The other two things that we do are one, get a getaway. 
like go out of our comfort zone, out of our house, away from the, for her babies, like away from business, away from emails so that we can actually have that time and space. Because we know as, you know, we both run businesses, luckily a lot of them are together. So we, you know, we crafted that on purpose. So we could be working and changing the world, but also doing it together and not have to be separate. But for us, we found that every time we get outside of our comfort zone and travel, it makes us communicate on a different level. We have to make new decisions that aren't just like your normal, like habits and routines. So we're like, Oh, what do you want to do today? Or what would you like to eat today? Like you actually have to make decisions together, small, but still new. And I think that's what keeps things fresh and alive. And then the other game changing piece, like this is it. Like, even if you don't want to play date night, this is what needs to happen. Every night when I get home from work, whether it's off the computer and I'm doing my coaching work, or it's still in the salon for the few days that I'm there. When I get home, the first thing we do is we take a walk, we take a walk together. And when we walk, we are outside because I don't want to bring my day into the house, especially if I've had some crazy clients with energy or, you know, whatever, like I always share my day. So Chris and I, from day one have always communicated. We share everything. There's not one thing that we don't share with each other. So like, there's so many um, partners that come home, like, how was your day? It was fine. Mm. okay but like who'd you talk to what'd you talk about what are you working on and what project do you have any ideas for that do you need help do you need support how do you feel about it I mean we talk about everything from my moon cycle to my crazy clients you know like doing this thing you know and telling me about this restaurant we talk about it all and we do that what we call it walkie talkie we give everything a name and a ritual just (laughs) make it fun in life you know my little sister is she's 19 she's been staying the night with us since she was like five years old She's like, you two have your own language. I'm like, I know, because Icelandic was way too hard for us to try to learn, like my grandmother's language. So I'm like, uh, let's just make up our Are own. you Icelandic? I am, yeah. Oh, my best friend is Icelandic. No way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no wonder we connect so deep. Yeah, we, just... we used to go to the, the I don't say it right, the Thuddleboat. boat. Yep, thank you. Yep. Every yep. year, underneath that nasty ass shark shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, totally. So my grandmother's name is Inky Bjork. I was showing you this earlier. Yeah. So crazy, yeah. Um, so Icelandic. And that also, you know, being from a different heritage and a different culture showed me that there's other there's other cultures that do other rituals and have other um, ways of connecting and expressing their love and traditions with each other. And so I think just having that, um, background, I think has been a big contribution as to why I think and act differently as well. I'm not just like, not to say that Americans are bad by any means, but like, we just have our own set of standards and cultures and having just another dynamic, like even Chris is like, you guys kiss a lot, like (laughs) a lot, a lot. I'm like, I know every, um, couple, like every partner, like my siblings bring into the family and they're so like closed off and like that, like Chris never even like hugged his mom. Like when he hugged his mom, they were just like, this is weird. You know, like they just don't, now it's much better. But in the beginning, Chris's mom told me, you know how I knew you guys were going to be like a real couple. Cause like Chris had never really had a girlfriend or brought one around, you know? And I was like, what? Tell me, of course I'm 20. I'm like, tell me all the things. Yeah. I'm beautiful. Right. And she's like, because he hugged you in front of me. It's like, I'm sorry. What did you just say? Like, that's nothing, but that was huge, you know? And so we just have to realize that we all come from different 
from different families, from different dynamics, from different cultures. And I think being so open and honest in our relationship from the beginning, like Chris told me when I met your grandparents, that's when I knew real love was possible. Up until then I had five stripper stepmoms and, and didn't think it was ever going to happen. I was never going to get married. I was certainly not having children, which he had had the vasectomy before we met which contributes to why we do not have children. Um, but past life regression, I found out I lost one at a very young age and didn't want to go through that pain again. So like it all started to make sense, like as the puzzle pieces came together. But in the beginning, he was like, I'm not getting married and I'm not having kids. And I was like, well, I don't want kids, but you're definitely going to marry me. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like from the jump, I knew he was the one. And I even proposed to him twice. I got down on a knee with the he ring. He said no. He said no. And then- <laughs> And then he said, maybe. And then I knew I was in, I was like, well, that wasn't a hard no. So I'm doing something's working, you know? And then four years into our relationship, he proposed because I picked out the ring and you know, all that, but you made it happen. So it's <laughs> funny because it. my husband and I, we were friends in high school, never anything more. And at around, I was 21 when we kind of like got back together as friends and we um, ended up getting together and uh, neither one of, I, he might've wanted to get married. But I was like, I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids. And then like a year in and we're like moving in together. He's the first per- male I've ever lived with. Like, um, but, and then we still, we got married. We said, we don't want kids. And then like two years in, it was like, how about this? What if we just tried? And if it doesn't happen, fine. Like, you know, and then here we are with one and we will stick with one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I totally yeah. understand. I don't think we could have really changed, <laughs> changed Chris's. I mean, we technically can, but you know, yeah. that wasn't yeah. what we were here for. I actually donated my eggs to pay for our wedding back in 2010. You know, it's so funny. I, I saw like, I don't know. I got targeted for like an egg donation. I don't know if I was having a conversation with somebody or something. And I was like, I was like clicked on it and I'm looking and I'm like, I'm too old to donate eggs. Oh, no way. You have to be like 25 or so, or like under 30 or some shit. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, are you trying to say I have old eggs? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, it's super interesting though, combining your life with somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, because you're literally combining family, you're combining, like you said, everything that they've ever known and grew up with and you're putting them together. And it's, it's, fascinating to me because it's taken my husband and I a long time to kind of understand. And I think all the healing I've been doing and all these retreats and stuff has helped me because I was always like the control freak and like, um, you know, needed the conversation to go a certain way or like, wasn't working, whatever. And, um, now it's like, I don't play the games anymore. Like the other day, like I looked at him and I said, I need more attention today. And that's it. And he looked at me kind of like, Oh, okay. Like almost like he was expecting me to like start an argument, (laughs) but I was like, no, this is what I need. I'm just going to tell him, see how this goes. And he was great. Like it was, I got more attention and it was like, I didn't bullshit about it. I just said, this is what I need for me today. Okay. (laughs) Yet this, this Missy Jane is the secret sauce that I uncover in every coaching thing that I do with a woman and uh, someone in a relationship. Usually it's like women and men. So like, but I don't care what partnership you're in. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, same as same, but here's what I see. The women need something, but they won't ask. Mm-hmm. They expect their husband to be a mind reader, which is our job. <laughs> We're given the intuitive vibes. 
And then they get mad and resentful for their partner not stepping up and giving them that very specific weird thing that they need. And then they withhold sex. Mm. So then their partner gets fucking irritable because he needs his rocks off and all the things and connection. Like let's not sugarcoat. We all want that feeling of connection. Then now the woman feels no pleasure because she's withholding that thing from him, but really the pleasure you need to activate your sacral chakra and your creative energy. So like you're withholding from yourself. So you're just in the shit circle. And it all started from the woman not asking for what she needs. Yeah. So I'm really excited to hear that you're just voicing what you need and letting them have the opportunity to show you that they can. And the best part, it's so simple. Women ask for what they want give the man some appreciation. And it's this beautiful, harmonious circle. That's it. That's all we need. We need to be heard. We need to be loved and you need to feel appreciated. That's really, I mean, if we can, if we can like plug into those things, I really feel that's going to heal so much of the disconnect that um, I see in relationships. And to circle back, to finish up that last little bit about going on the walks. The reason why we do that is because, you know, you don't want to bring that energy into your home. Like, you really don't. And so Chris, there's a beautiful pond right next to my salon. So I get out of the salon. We walk over to the pond. We do a big lap around the park and the pond. How's your day? What'd you learn? What did I learn? What, what are you talking about? What's the thing? And then once we feel complete, we're like, it's like taking a hot bath, you know, when it's over, you know, you're like, Oh, I feel good. I'm done. Like it's cleansed. It's the same with our little walkie talkie. So we'll walk, we'll kind of, and when the silence is there for enough period of time, like, all right, I think we're good. And we're ready to start that night that evening together as a family and not as a oh my god I've been working all day I'm so tired so that's how I shift the energy the other thing I do is when I get home this is just for my own empath like energy is I take a shower so we go on our walk we share our communication and connect to each other and when I get home I take a shower to wash off everything that I picked up from the day Um, and then when I come out of the shower I have a whole sense of energy I'm not just like wanting to crash on the couch whereas before this simple shower ritual like I would want to come home, veg out, watch some TV, do fucking nothing because I'm tired. My feet hurt. Like I totally get that life. I've been doing it for a long time, you know, but I didn't want to live like that anymore. I didn't want to just crash at 730 on the couch and like not want to do anything. I wanted to have energy to like have conversations, hell, even have sex. How many times have we gone to bed? Like, I'm so tired tonight. I'm sorry. Like, what, what are we, what's wrong with us? Like, oh, like the one thing that like, brings you to the present moment, clears your mind, connects you to your partner, makes you feel good. But we deny ourselves that because we're too tired. Like we got to reprioritize. And so for me, I started making small shifts with my energy to see how can I alleviate that without like, you know, I don't drink coffee or have, ca- I'm a, I can't have caffeine. It makes my boobs hurt really bad. So really? like real bad. Like I even went on a whole thermogram, sonogram, do I have breast cancer? adventure only to find out my the new woman's vitamins I had had green tea extract in them and that was enough to just send my boobs into like what are you doing to me so I cannot consume any artificial caffeine so it's up to me to be the generator of my own energy which ultimately we are we're this unlimited battery but if we're not doing putting in the right things to create that uh current then you know we're going to clog up the channel and so Um, For me, it's really about how can I, how can I make those small changes so that I can continue to amplify my energy. And when I'm tired, freaking rest. I think that's like out of the blue in this conversation, but pay attention. You know, if you need rest, it's not about pushing forward. It's about slowing down. 
And the shower thing is so true. I've started doing that too. I, I used to shower in, in the morning before work, hurry up, do your hair, busy, busy, you know, and now I love the shower at night. Mm -hmm. I, you're right. It just feels like you're washing off the day. And it doesn't yeah. matter what mood I'm in. Like the shower always makes me feel, but sometimes I'll put music on. Sometimes I'll have zero music. I just want to be in there in silence. And um, it is huge. I really like the, the walk idea um, because that's one of our issues is like we kind of vent work out you know, and then it's like, you, I can, especially with my husband, because his job never really ends, like his phone rings at all hours and stuff. And it's just, it is what it is with his job. Um, and you can feel it when he's having a bad day, like it's literally radiating off of him without him saying a single word, you know, and I'll say to him, sometimes you're not here right now, are you? And he's like, nope, you know, and it's just like, so I'm, I'm curious how we could implement that with his phone still being, cause he kind of can't turn it off, um, which sucks because I'm like, just turn that shit off. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> um, yeah. But even Maybe. just going and sitting in the backyard, you know, when he gets home and just chatting, like, yeah, could be just cool. outside just to get the energy somewhere else. Like that's not like for me, I absolutely can't stand working out in like in my house, like in the living room, people like, work out and do the TV thing. I cannot because when I work out, I'm expressing energy. That's why we love to work out. We're moving energy through our body. And so when I work out, I'm pouring out and dumping all the energy that I want to get rid of into my kit, into my living room, into and your so relaxing I, space. So I sit in this like energy of like, I just got all this anger, frustration out, you know? So I always tell Chris, I'm like, I just can't work out at home. Like, it's so weird. Like I have to sage and open the windows and like turn the fan on and like, just get the energy out and being very sensitive to it. It seems that sounds so silly. Like I just work out at home. Is that an excuse? Like, no, I just don't want to sit in the energy. I've just expelled. It's like, would you want to take a bath in the bath you took yesterday? I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> so That's a really good me, point. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, it's one of those things I know about myself. So I always like to just take the energy outside or somewhere different. And so, Hey, Hey, I see your cat walking around. Hey, just because it's his birthday doesn't mean you go tear up everything. <laughs> Wait, was he a birthday present to you? Um, no, actually, we he we got him 10 years ago and we got him in January, but his birthday is in October. So he, you know, had to be like 16 weeks old before we took him home. But I don't know. It was it was definitely a present to me, by me, only wanted by me to also. <laughs> I have two of those. I have two cats that my husband does not still. We've had them for 15, 16 years and wow. they're going to live for freaking ever. <laughs> I mean, their cats, are they infiltrate. They're taking over the world. Yes, they are. They're assholes is what they are. <laughs> um, I love this because I don't think that people talk about this as much, you know? I mean, I feel like obviously like people, if you're married or you have a significant other, um, you know, you know that you have a relationship on a daily basis with the person. But I think it is interesting to talk about the dynamic because I mean, my husband and I will be married 10 years this coming April um, and together for, it'll be 16 this coming April. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. And we've known each other even longer. And it's yeah. like, um, I saw something recently that was like normalize having boring spells in your relationship. And I kind of liked hearing that, you know, because I feel like again with Instagram and like you're seeing, you see all the perfect highlight reel. And sometimes it's like, 
oh, we haven't done any of that. Like we've just kind of lived life and, you know, just gotten through. And for me this year, I've done a lot on my own. My husband and I are very good about like, we have our, like we we're, our lives are together, but like he goes hunting. I go on these retreats. Like we're very good about having our own things as well. We like it that way. We've always been that way. And um, I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, we've, we're forgetting about us again. You know, we're really good at like what we need, but what do we as a couple need? Yeah. Um, and I feel like those boring spells sometimes, uh, I'm glad to know they're normal for other people. Let's put it that way. But it would be nice to know how to kind of combat that. Yeah. You know, they say um, only boring people get bored. Oh, that makes me sad. I'm not boring. I know. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying is you're so creative and maybe the thing that would help you. And this is what helped us a lot is we made a date night list. So we thought, what are the fun things that we could do when date night rolls around? Because just like going out to eat when it's finally that time, you're like, where do you want to go? You just like, forget everything. You're like, I don't know. Where can we eat? I don't know what to do. I don't know what I like. What? You know, let's just do the last thing we remember. Right. Or it's just like creating that little habit or routine. And so we made a date night list and we like wrote batting cages, walk at the park, blah, 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 you know, just like all go to the Arboretum, like all the little things that we love to do. And so if we ever get to that point where we're like, what do we need? How can we jazz it up? I'm like, I'm, you know, getting kind of stale around here. What do we do? We just look at the list and ask ourselves what feels good right now. What sounds fun. And we just always like revert to that. It's something I taught inside Shine School, my program of self-discovery. There's a section called What Lights You Up, and it's making a happy list of things that bring you joy so that when you're in your self-care times or when you're in those like moments where you're like, oh, I need something right now, but what do I need? And we're not intuitive enough or clear enough to just automatically drop into the center and go, oh, I need this right now. Great. For me, I like to make a happy list and like scroll down. I'm like, oh, call a friend. That's what I need right now. Oh, walk my dog. Perfect. That sounds fun. So it seems kind of weird, but my husband's an Aquarius and he has a list for like everything in his life. And so it just, we've combined our powers together and like, let's come up with these fun rituals and like, here, you make a list so we don't have to think about it. And when the time is, when the time is needed, we'll just pop that list up and go, what do we want right now? So that, so I do that for myself. Um, we don't do it for each other. Like he's a TV watcher. Like he, like if he's in a room with a television, that shit is on and it drives me nuts. <laughs> it's like ADD. It's like, he has to have some kind of like stimulation of some kind going on. But, um, I bought, I'm looking at it right now on my shelf, still covered in plastic. Cause it's been almost a year since I bought it and I haven't even opened it. It is, um, one of those books where there are date nights in it. And you open it and it will say, do you want to spend money? Do you want to leave the house? Do you like it? You pick and then you pick one and you scratch it off. And there's stuff in there, like, which I think this is a really awesome idea. And we talked about doing it and never did it, but um, it's Friday. Guess what tonight is? I leave for Tulum in the morning. So the to-do list is quite long. (laughs) When I get back though, for sure, what, what it is, is you, you and your significant other, you go to a thrift store and you pick out an outfit for the other person. It can be anything. It can be pretty. It can be crazy. It can be literally, you have to wear whatever they pick out. And then that's what you wear on your date night. Like you go. And I was like, that would be so much fun. 
Yeah. Like, I love shit like that. You know, something different that is just, it, it would just be, it would be funny. My husband's a very funny man and he would probably make me look ridiculous and laugh the whole night. <laughs> or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is, I like that idea because we get stuck in the, okay, let's just go out to eat, which is fine. Yeah. It's like my favorite yeah. thing to do. But it's always the days that we ride our bike to the beach and grab food off a food truck and some beer and sit on the beach and then ride our bikes home. Those are always the days that we have the best conversations. You know, we talk about things that maybe have been on our mind that we've kind of been holding it. Like it's always the non-routine because even if we don't go on date nights often, going out to eat just the two of us feels like a routine just as much sometimes as, you know, day-to-day life. So yeah, I like yeah. that. It's, you know, I went to uh, the High Performance Academy event with Brendan Bouchard and he, the thing, the one takeaway, I mean, there's great takeaways, but the biggest takeaway that I took from that, and it's all about high performance and motivation and, and managing your energy and you're a generator and blah, 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 you know, like all of this, the one thing I took away from it was the study that he shared in longevity. He said that they did a study to see who who's living to the oldest ages. Is it their diet? Is it their location? Is it their exercise? Like what is the contributing factor? And the thing that they found that contributed to people living to the oldest ages were their connections and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. People who had close bonds, family, support, love, which is kind of giving me chills right now because I, many, many years ago, I got this um, death cab for cutie lyric tattooed on my arm that says love is watching someone die. It's like basically who's going to be there by your bedside, you know, like who's going to be the one that walks you home. And, you know, like those are the people that you want to invest time and energy with. And it was something that we started our conversation off before we hit record was like, what's most important, you know, just turn, I just turned 35. What up? I'm adulting now. And so it's really about reevaluating who are my four quarters rather than having a hundred pennies in my life. So really getting clear on who are those connections and people that do love and support you. And honestly, you signed up with your partner to be that number one Pajo. We call them Pajos, that number one Pajo. And it just like breaks my heart to hear like people not prioritizing time with their partner. And it's like about work and this and that. And like, to what end? Like, what are we really doing all this for? Right. Aren't we working to get a bunch of money so that we can fucking chill out, just like hang out at home with the people we love? Like, isn't that really what it's for? Like, what, what is it really for? You know, like, I don't know about you, but I don't need any shoes or purses at this point in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I just need people that love and support me. Yeah, it's so true. Um, And even like with somebody who does have a kid, you know, even the nights that we do a game instead of watch TV, you know, like my son will kick anyone's ass in the game of sorry, like not even kidding. Like he's very fucking good at it. (laughs) Um, But even those nights, like it almost feels like a date night, even though, you know what I mean? And it's happy and everyone's happy. My son's happy that he's hanging out with us without us telling him what to do constantly and put your shoes on and, you know, clean up your plate and blah, blah, blah. Um, I just read, which I highly recommend this book. Like it was, I will read this book probably quarterly. Um, it's Oprah and Dr. Perry, whoever that is. And it's called what happened to you. And it's about trauma and things like that. And he talks a lot about how, um, people who have went through horrible, horrible traumas in their lives, when they find their community and they find their people that support them, they get through it either faster or, or for longer, or, um, just get through it in general, more than the people who don't have 
the com- like communities. Yeah. And it really, it's so true. Like think about why people join churches, why people go to retreats, why, you know what I mean? Like you're going to feel alone. Right. Right. And it, I never thought about it in that capacity, especially in like trauma. Um, because when you feel alone in anything, yeah. you know, you're just kind of stuck in that feeling. And, um, sometimes you just need that support. Was it you who said, who was it? I feel like I'm jumping all over the place right now, but um, support or solutions? Mm, I don't think that was me. Okay, so I don't know where I heard this. I thought it was at Hair Love, maybe, but where it was talking about when you're having a conversation with somebody, you know, when you're venting and then like somebody just wants to fix you and it drives you nuts. Well, we did talk about this on the last call about like, especially talking shit about people too, you know, like I only like, let's only talk about moving forward. Like the positive solution. So we probably have covered something similar to this. Well, I, I, I don't remember exact, the exact quote that the person said, but my, I told my husband about this because it's something that we both have started doing as well. So like when you're venting about something, the other person will say, what do you need right now? Do you need support or do you need solutions? Hmm. Because I know for me, like, like if I'm venting and my husband tries to fix it and I don't want him to fix it, I just want to talk. Like <laughs> it pisses me off. <laughs> like, um, I, I know I jumped around a little bit there, but it, that just popped in my head. Um, but I thought that was an interesting little tip too. Yeah, no, it, the thing with trauma and hosting my, so every full moon for the last like four or five years, I've hosted women's circles and full moons are about release. So what I have the women do is write down on a piece of paper, all the negative stuff that they is weighing on them, their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings, everything. And, um, I have them share, like if they feel called to it, like you want to share, you want space to be heard, to be listened to. And what I've learned about, um, people who have experienced trauma is that one, we've all experienced trauma Two, We all think we're the only ones that have experienced trauma three that makes us feel alone. So when you plug into a community of, Oh, hashtag you too, you know what I'm saying? Hashtag me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're like, okay. Like, so, you know, like you get, you get me homie, you know? And so I feel like what happens is we switch out of victim mentality of, Oh, why does this happen to me? I'm the only one Poor me. What the fuck? You know, this isn't fair, which is totally valid to feel that way for a short period of time, because it's going to leave you stuck if you don't learn the lesson. And so what I find is when you plug into a community, you have hope that change, healing, happiness, joy, the opposite of whatever you've experienced is possible. And so what I love seeing for people who have been through traumas is them plugging into communities of people who do support and are safe. That's why I create safe, sacred circles so that people can like, they don't know where to go to like talk about this stuff. And I feel like the more vulnerable and the more open I can be, um, the easier it is for other people to let their walls down and to like, let some of that healing and like the love in. And so, um, I wanted to create a space so that people felt safe and loved and seen and heard. And it it's been, incredible to witness the healing that has happened because women open up and share and feel safe enough to transform. I've watched physical pains disappear that they've had their whole lifetime because they finally voiced that their mom was a piece of shit. They've just never been able to say that out loud. They've only just felt that and held it in. And finally they release that energy and it like clears up some of their stuff. And so I, I love being able to have like deep vulnerable conversations. Honestly, it's so funny. Like being psychic also doesn't help because sometimes 
I like infiltrate a little, like not, not, I don't, I don't try to, but there's some times where I just like, it's so overwhelming. And I am thinking of this one specific time and I don't drink very often. It's very rare, but a good margarita in the summer in Texas, like, so it's very, very rare, but when I do shit happens, like your, the, your prefrontal cortex actually shuts down, which is why people like to drink and it opens up a deeper channel. Um, so one drink, super psychic, two drinks, I'm topless. So I usually stick to one <laughs> usually cause I'm a lightweight. So I usually stick to one. Um, and I remember I was sitting, um, at legacy West. It's this very high end luxury, fancy place in, um, in Plano. And, um, I'm sitting outside waiting for all the girls to grab the car and they're getting dessert. And I'm just sitting there by myself. And I see this like cute little young guy hitting on these little yoga pant girls. And I tell, I could tell he failed and he started to walk by with his head down, you know, and I, I gave him a high five, put my hand up to give him a high five. I was like, good job, bud. And he was like, thanks. I was like, uh, I said, where are you from? Cause you're not from around here. And he was like, I just moved here from New York. And I was like, oh yeah, well, how's your relationship with your mom? He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> My friend, Sarah walks up and she goes, oh, she's psychic. He goes, I could tell, I could tell. I just could tell sitting here. I'm like, you're from New York. You should be, this should be normal for you. No big deal. And that's just like, that's who I am. Like, I just, let's just get to the shit. I mean, my first date with Chris, I'm like, I was sexually abused by my brother and this and that and, blah, 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 blah. and like all these things happened to me and I'm just a total wreck. And then we made out and we've been together for 15 years because we've been able to communicate. We've been able to be honest. We've been able to share the hard stuff and sharing that hard stuff in the beginning allowed for me to share the hard stuff that kept coming up throughout our relationship because relationships are your reflections. They're going to reflect back to you, your shits and your goods. You know what I mean? And especially a twin flame relationship where you're actually cut from the same soul cloth, like you're a direct mirror and it's, and you're the same. So your pain is their pain. And so when it gets intensified and like it gets magnified in that mirror. And so usually they don't work out in lifetime. Like they, they usually don't work out twin flame relationships. And so we had to work really hard through a lot of the pain that we had gone through also to find out we're both life path number 11 and number 11s go through a lot of pain and trauma so that they can be radical teachers of enlightenment and healing for the world but we couldn't teach that without the compassion and empathy of understanding, you know, of actually going through it. So we've been through a lot individually and together, and we've always put the fact that we chose each other at the top of like, mm-hmm. we chose each other for a reason. That's what's most important. And whatever we have to do to heal anything that's getting in the way of that has been like our life mission together. And I think that's ultimately why we're now I think being recognized as this power couple who is genuinely happy and supportive of each other. And it, it, it is, it's very rare. I was talking to Lindsay on independent beauty pros earlier this week, how rare it is to see couples like that, like that are that, like, just <laughs> your cat <laughs> just flew across the floor. Like, well, Hey, I think that was his victory lap. For those right. listening, her cat just slid like all the way across behind in the Zoom call. That's hilarious. Sorry. Well, okay. <laughs> I know, right? Like way to just cut the channel, but okay. He's like, um, what about me? <laughs> like it's my birthday, y'all. Pay attention. <laughs> oh, that is funny. No, and but it's, seriously, yeah. it is, it's rare to see couples genuinely love and support and want to spend every freaking second with each other and know everything about each other. You don't have to feel like you hide from each other. I mean, that's why you sign up for a partnership, right? Otherwise you're just friends. 
if there's no intimacy, if there's no trust, if there's no deep soul connection, what the, what is that? You know, right. I'd rather just go shopping with a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So, you know, again, my husband and I, like I would, if everyone on the planet disappeared and he was the only one left, I would be the happy, I would be so happy. Like he's my best friend, but we have the hard time with the couple part, you know, like I don't want to be, he still makes me laugh daily. He's funny, but it's the intimacy. It's it, that is where we struggle and we're aware of it and we talk about it, but then we don't really know how to do anything about it. That's like kind of our issue we'll be like hey we probably like need to do this thing and like he's like yeah and then like then we're like okay like <laughs> um so it's interesting like nike you just do it you know yeah. you just once you're aware of what needs changes like don't talk about it don't think about it just start taking action and it's small action like what i i like no joke like the vision i got while you were talking is like just fucking grab him out of the blue and give him a blowy and he will be like <laughs> what in the world just happened and it'll change the game he'll make cook dinner for you he'll rub your shoulders he cooks like dinner for me every night i don't remember last time i cooked dinner so i will say that legit? okay well then yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll get some extra out of it you know what i mean like maybe he'll throw in the laundry i don't know right. it's you just have to break the cycle i remember i had a client come in one time and she was so cool she was older and sultry and she like slept with the lead singer of the eagles and this and she was this like <laughs> concierge at um american i don't know I should say all this, but she was a concierge at an airline. And so would always host the famous people in their little suites and stuff. So she had direct access to all these awesome people. So she came with the craziest stories. She would always wear lace and her tits were out. Every, I mean, she was just like, you are a, a vixen. And I am, I need to step my, I'm 20, I'm 25 years old. I need to step my fucking game up back then. You know, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I've got this like 50 plus year old, sexy goddess woman in my chair. And I'm over here in sweatpants. Like what is, <laughs> what is wrong with me? But the thing that she inspired me with, she said she used to take Polaroids and leave like sexy Polaroids for her partner, for any, her, her people's <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I'm like oh okay so we have like a little instax mini camera like I'm gonna start taking polaroid so I just started snapping like nude selfies and like weird body parts and just like here's a flower you know just like right. um and I would leave them like on his pillow or where, like in his drawer or just like places where he would randomly find them and I just feel like little things it doesn't take much it's just like doing little things differently that can just spark that intimacy and just change it up you know like keep it's it so fun true. and fresh. he'll text me sometimes just like I love you like out of nowhere and I'll be like oh, oh. exactly like, and it's so stupid you know what I mean it's tiny it took two seconds but like for me it's like you were thinking about me when I wasn't there you know, that's like, like he brought me like my favorite Doritos the other day and I was so happy. Like Aww. out of nowhere, like, you know, it's, it, it can yeah. be the stupidest stuff. It's so true. Um, but it's the most important stuff, you know? It is, it is. It's the little stuff that says, hey, I'm thinking about you even when you're not right in front of my face, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, yeah it's interesting. It's interesting combining lives with, a, with another human being. Yeah. And then like adding, like making a life is, is a real weird thing as well. Um, you know, our son, I find it fascinating that when I'm impatient, my husband's patient and vice versa and not on purpose. It's just like, it's an very, it's like nature does that for you. You know, it's like, 
like I will have a bad day. I'm like, I, I just can't parent. Like, you know what I mean? Like every like, mommy, can I oh, get your water? Like, it's like, you know, um, yeah. but he'll be so patient and, and we've, we're never, he's almost seven. We've never had a day where we're both like that at the same time. That's and good. I, I would be very curious what like the science behind that is, because I really feel like there's something there. Yeah. I mean, shifting the energies, like knowing like Chris, like Chris does the same thing when I'm like, not there, he knows like, it's, I got to step it up a little bit. And I think that's just having a, a understanding in your relationship of like, it isn't, it isn't always 50, 50, sometimes it's 60, 40. And yeah. you know, and like we need you to step up a little bit. Like, for example, Chris tracks my moon time that way he knows when it's his opportunity to step up and do a little bit more on that third week of the month. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to be a little bit more tired. I'm going to be a little bit more edgy and like, I don't really want to be some crying. crying. (laughs) Exactly. Like if I'm crying in the corner at the gym, just leave me alone and tell me, you know, tell me you love me, but don't ask questions. You know what I mean? Like, so he just like, he knows like, okay, like there's give and take and ebb and flow. And so I think it's beautiful that you guys have just found that natural rhythm. Um, but can you imagine what it would be like if you guys both had patience and both had peace and both had unlimited, like, mm, at the same time? I mean, no, because I've never, I've never, we've never experienced that. Like we we're very similar, you know, in our like patience, our, you know, anger, um, and it, it's no, I don't know. It would look like vacation all the time, you know, cause like, yeah, that's probably what it would look like, but do you need the contrast? Mm. Like, I almost feel like, like that all the time would almost be boring. Like would joy feel as good if you had it all the time. I think there's a difference between joy and happiness. Think having happiness all the time, you know, like I think happiness is dependent upon a situation. And I think joy is an, an, an essence that you can choose in every moment. You know, I feel, I really feel like there's a difference between joy and happiness and contrast. Yes. I definitely feel like we, um, here's the deal. You're going to go, life is going to bring ups and downs all the time. So if, the environment and the external experiences are going to cause those shifts and changes from ups and downs. I would personally like to choose joy and choose peace and choose happy, happiness, whatever, you know, like choose an elevated way of approaching it through the ups and through the downs. And so for me, it's more about not necessarily being happy all the time, but finding peace. And so for me, it's contrast is good. Sure. So that, you know, where the balance is, but ultimately we want to be in that center, the middle way, you know, they talk about that in Zen Buddhism is like finding that middle ground, not being too extreme, not being too soft. Like, so, um, I think contrast is good to learn where the edges are of your boundaries, but um, I don't know. I'd rather be joyous all the time. <laughs> like, I what, makes, what makes you angry? Us oh, fucking littering and um, stupid questions. <laughs> no, I, uh, what makes me angry? Um, like injustice. I think just seeing um, seeing injustice being done. I also think guys with um, really big egos and like closed off to their emotions triggers me a little bit. Like 
stop being an asshole. You know, like assholes make me angry sometimes. Yeah. Um, littering for sure. There's something that just makes my whole body just like, what are you doing to our planet? Um, what makes me angry? God, I used to be so angry all the time, angry, angry all the time. Um, what makes me angry now? Angry. It's hard for me to go to anger anymore because I spent so much of my life in anger. Um, and anger represents something being unfair. So now for me, when I feel it, if I feel anything that's unfair, I just, for me, it's always about moving to that middle ground. You know, if I feel anger, I ask myself what, what's unfair and how can I find that positive solution to move forward, to get back to peace? You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be to like 10,000 level happy, but just back to peace. And so for me, I don't know. And now I feel like now that you're asking me, the universe is going to be like, here, let me remind you. So fuck, I'll let you know when it comes back up. But honestly, in the I short try time I've known you, I feel like I, like you're always like you always find the joy. You always, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, I, and I, I think like there has to be some times where you, you lose the joy a little bit. <laughs> I've worked really hard to like, to block the hater aid, you know what I mean? Like all the bullshit and like, I remember here, here, let me share this. So I remember I was really frustrated with the all pandemic and the COVID and the mask and the this, and I can't come to my grandpa's house and this and that and blah, blah, blah. It's just like getting overwhelming. I was, I was fed up with that. So um, maybe like COVID made me, the last time I was angry was COVID, just like all the bullshit about it. Um, and so I remember I was real, I was, I was feeling frustrated. And I said to my guides, I said, how can I maintain love and light? Because again, this is my practice. This is my mission. I'm, I'm aware of this. And this is why I'm constantly working on. I asked, how can I maintain love and light and be that peaceful, radiant light in a world full of anger, hatred, and darkness? And the response was so crystal clear. Sometimes I'm like, what am I supposed to do next? I can't hear you. But right. this was like screaming at me. And they said, anger breeds anger and love breeds love. And if I'm going to be a source of love, then I can't do it out of anger. And so for me, um, it takes a lot to get me angry now. It does. But before angry all the time, my nickname was bitch me. I would fucking cut you so fast. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. why I think we talked about that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We I was the same. But now, I mean, it, it really takes a lot. I, because I, I don't allow other people's actions to sway the way that I feel because that's them. Right. And so for me, I think I let people, I let people off the hook by giving them permission to be free and whatever they want to do. For example, one of my best friends from kindergarten decided she wasn't going to come to my birthday. Um, and this is silly. This sounds like an eight-year-old, you know, but like decided she wasn't going to come to my birthday last minute, sent me this like bullshit text message about it, you know, and could I get angry and be sad? Sure. But because I'm at this new elevated level of per perception of this is pe this people's choices are their choices, their life. It's not my problem, not my issue. So for me, it just gave me that like, okay, well, that's where you're at. That's great. I'm, I'm what I thought I took away from it. Instead of being angry, I was like, oh, I'm glad she has the awareness that she won't be able to contribute positively. And she's going to remove herself from this situation. Like, wow, good for you. Cheer cheers. And then right. carry on, you know? So for me, I, I think I've just done so much hypnosis work and reframing my mind to like, where's the positive solution? What good can come from this? Like how fast can I get back to feeling peace because our emotions are energy and motion, right? They're just there to come in and say, Hey, something's up. But so, so much of my life I spent stuck in those energies. And so 
I want to be a free flowing channel and allow and allow all of it to come in and come out as it does, because life is always changing. And that's what I was saying earlier is like the contrast is already built in. So like why? So I think our job is to try to find that center of peace throughout the contrast of life. Yeah, it's so interesting because um, ever since I started realizing that other people's like reactions are like a project, like they're projecting yeah. them, their thoughts onto someone else. I don't get as angry anymore either. Now, granted, like slow internet, I will fucking throw that my computer across the room, like shit like that will like irritate me so bad. But like, other, patience. <laughs> oh my God, like, oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> that and like a constant tapping sound, like, oh, I will, I'll be like, stop it. <laughs> um, I feel like that's so different than being angry though. I'm like irritation. It's like irritating. Yeah, like irritating and anger are like two different things. Like I had a downstairs neighbor who was just spewing anger. Just, I could feel it through the floor. I did some, I even did some, I busted out the spells. Like not just like, here, I'm gonna send him some positive vibes. Like I'm gonna rhyme. We're doing incantations. I'm making sure what, where the moon is located and we're gonna do some spells. Blowing sage underneath their door. (laughs) I did all the magic. I had to bust out all the magic because I can't live above someone who's radiating that much anger. And I had two things. So I did a spell, drew a little upside down pentagram under my doormat, said some little things. And the following month, somebody came into the garage and stole four people's tires. And he was one of them, um, karma. And that made him so mad that he moved. And so he was out in a month. I'm like, oh my God, I spent years with this. All I had to do was say some chance, like, come on. Right. (laughs) So like I have lived with anger my whole life. Like I, last year, right before my dad passed, we took him on a trip to Florida and it was my whole family, mom, dad, brother, sister, all the things, right. We're in the house. And on the last night, everyone's energies is like, "Eh," you know, and I lost my shit. I cried so hard. I went into the bedroom. I took a bath for like three hours and just cried and cried and cried. And Chris came in the room. He's like, babe, I haven't seen you like this in a long time. I was like, I know I haven't felt like this in forever because we've been working so hard on healing and managing and controlling emotions. Like we have that conscious choice. It, It sounds impossible to the mind, but once you move beyond the mind and you operate from a deeper part of yourself, you know, that you're always in control. And so, um, I just was witnessing myself losing my shit. I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I was like aware of all, I'm like, I am a mess right now. I can't be around my family. And I asked like, what is going on? And I had the realization that I grew up in this toxic energy of my parents fighting over stupid shit and then them yelling and then this and my sensitive little double Pisces ass was like I can feel it all and it's like stressing me out and now I I just I had all this realization was like no wonder I was over 200 pounds was protecting myself and protecting my energy with food I was in a house filled with anger and I mean there was great parts like my family was like bipolar like when they're amazing, they were amazing. When they weren't amazing, it was not good. And so um, I just had this realization, like I was, I was in, I was in trauma. I was in toxicity. And like, that was my body's way of trying to protect me. And it just, it, it really was a huge flashback and realization. Like I, I don't want to feel that way ever again. And so for me, it, it like, that's, 
everyone's trying to make a million dollars and change the world and like, Hey, me too. But really the underlying essence behind all of it is I'm working on my peace. Like I'm working on healing me. I'm working on being okay with all the things and acceptance, you know, in um, Zen philosophy, they say, when you accept what is you end all suffering. And so for me, that gave me a, a huge realization of like, we, what we can change, we can change, but what we can't, we can't, we have to accept it. And like, how can we move forward from that? And so for me, that's just been the practice over the last decade is just moving to a space of finding, finding my, how can I get back to my peace as fast as possible? You know, there's a card in the, in the Oracle deck that says tune into your inner peace, you know, and that's really what it is about how, if I'm not peaceful, then I'm not serving my purpose in the, to my fullest potential, you know? Yeah, it's so true. I've always been pretty good at like, it is what it is. Like if something were to happen, I miss a flight, whatever, like, well, it is what it is. That means we get to go have dinner at the airport or what, you know, whatever. Um, But something recently that um, I heard that has really even changed my reactions to things because it is what it is, but obviously it can still make you angry or can still, you know, affect you um, internally is that everything's neutral. And that you decide if it's negative or positive. And that like, for some reason, that simple concept like blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause you think about the worst possible situation and you still like, it just is what it is. Do we make it positive? Do we make it negative? Like, um, and I don't know now, like every time something happens, I'm like, if I start feeling myself going to the negative, I like bring it back and be like, no, 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 let's find the positive. And it, it's been interesting and kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, we give everything meaning Um, and we give everything meaning, like even the words we use, we apply meaning to those words. And so like, I don't know, let me, let me try to find an example. Well, just words in general, period. Like they're, what are they? Who decided what they mean? Like who decided fuck was a bad word? You know what I mean? It's just like us applying our own meaning and our own perception to something, right? Whether it's a word, whether it's an experience, a person. Um, so really it is a makeup of all of our internal, um, beliefs and mm, attitudes, uh, just like protection as well. Like the boundaries that we create, like our ego tries to protect us. So everything that we're experiencing is through the lens of a lot of those layers until we start to peel them back. And, uh, again, get back to that, that center, um, where there is no personality. There is no, you know, they say you have to die to be, to live. Uh, and when it talks about spiritual incarnation and enlightenment, your personality, your ego must die to be able to have a clear perception. So there's not the lens of what your mom taught you or feeling unlovable or this old belief that you're fat or, you know, like the labels that you've given yourself. Um, so it, ultimately enlightenment is peeling back all those lenses and all those layers to just be what it is like so it, it, it can be what it, it is what it is you know what I'm saying yeah you would really like that book that I just read I feel like yeah send it to me I'd love to check it out I love I love to read Chris I when I met Chris he read like uh, he reads like a book a week or more and I'm like how like how I don't understand yeah. why like, why are you so smart? He's like, I read. I'm like, oh, that's the secret. I'm like, oh, I can read. I learned how to read. Like, I have so like for me, three I read started- books by my bed right now. And I like, depending on my mood will depend on which one I pick up. Like, <laughs> you know, the, um, the book that I love the most and anytime someone hires me, I send them this book. I'm like, you need this in your life right now. Um, it's called living with joy by Sanai Roman. And it's about keys to personal power and spiritual transformation. And ultimately do you have it on your shelf? Over no, there? I, I thought 
that I did. I have this book somebody gave me, but it's Living with Intent. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, Close. not the same. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't read I, it, but. <laughs> I read it all, the, like you talk about, you should read it once a quarter, that one book. Like, this is my, like, soul Bible that I read all the time. And it has journal prompts and affirmations. And it really just is a reminder to come back to peace. Like, that's what your power is. Peace is your power. Yeah. Because if you're, if you can't control your shit in chaos, who's, who's running the show? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So for me, it's just a great reminder of what, what's really important. And I think a lot of us are starting to realize that chasing the money and chasing the big house and the, this, and then that you're not, if you're still not going to find it, mm-hmm. it isn't there. The joy that you're seeking in external things and that's probably, that's the difference. Happiness become ha- happiness shows up when you get something that goes, oh, wow, I'm something to be happy about. For example, I had a client who bought a new Ferrari because she was in a bad mood, $200,000 car. And I asked her, I said, how long did that happiness last? She said, about a month. You've got a very expensive happiness level, my friend. You know what I mean? Yep. So like, happiness is fleeting and dependent upon external things. And I think joy is a choice that you make to always show up in every moment, even the hard ones with an attitude of um, acceptance and appreciation. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's so true. And I feel it's so interesting because like the more I go through this whole journey and the more I like dive deeper into kind of why I am the way that I am essentially um, and how to cope with certain things that I don't love, if that makes sense. Like I love me, but like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Um, It's like the awareness is so interesting because you keep going, oh, that's it. That's it. I got it. And then like you learn something else and you're like, oh shit, now I need to work through this. Then you, you know, you get that and you're like, oh shit, now I got to work through (laughs) Like It's like always something, but it's always worth it. It never yeah. stops. It never yeah. stops. And it's always, yeah. always worth it, even when it sucks a little bit. Cause it usually does at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely gonna suck. Like signing up for that um, journey of self-discovery, like is not rainbows and kittens, like, oh, let's go on a spiritual journey. We're gonna get to talk to dead people and be intuitive and all these things and know our purpose and make a difference. No, it's let's dive right into your pain and healing and the thing and your darkness that holds you back. Because if you can't look at your own darkness with courage and like with courage, then how the hell are you going to turn around and face this world? It is fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be, let's be real. Like, but since we, since we're having a real, real conversation, like this is a, we are at a very messy time in the transition and the transformation of society, of our planet, of the way that we all operate, of our consciousness. I think all of this is starting to elevate and evolve, which is why I think Chris and I have been called to come together and like, start sharing like what's important. And let's remind people of the wisdom they already know inside, but they've forgotten because they've been plugged into the wrong channel just trying to get people to plug back into their own intuitive channel rather than mm, the news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's, it's fascinating. Um, so kind of off subject, but kind of on subject, have you watched the show made like made like the cleaning lady made? No, but I saw your story about binging it and crying. And so I looked into it and I was like, what is this about? Like, I need to know. So you t- tell it. me what you brought it up. So, because it's, I just binged it this past weekend and I, I've been thinking about it ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a triggering show for a lot of reasons, especially if you've been through really any kind of trauma, 
you know, I was not in her particular situation that she's in in the show, but it brought up a lot of stuff that I have been through. Um, and it's just a really, I just would be curious what you think. But if you watch it, have lots of tissues. <laughs> yeah. I, did you want to disclose anything? Or are you trying to- I mean, it's essentially about a young mother who um, basically is going through an abusive situation that she doesn't necessarily understand is abusive, but is trying to like get her kid in a better, she's trying to break generational trauma. And, and it goes through crazy parents. It goes through, you know, fucked up boyfriends. Like it goes through the welfare system. Like it is just, it shows a woman who is trying to do the best that she can and the world is just kicking her constantly and she still keeps going. And it's just a very good message. And I just bring it up because again, it's very like much in the forefront of my mind this week. Um, but I would be curious. I feel like you would like it. I feel like you, but again, get the tissues. Yeah. Ready. <laughs> okay, will do. Yeah. It, you know, it's, I, it's interesting because a lot of people lately have been referring me to watch nine perfect strangers have you oh yes like, yes everyone's like have you watched and I'm like nine for I don't I even have to that too like, nine perfect strangers I know you think I need to ha have one of those mushroom centers I get it like so I I was surprised to honestly not hear you bring up nine perfect strangers no so that I watched yeah. that show too that's a good one so as you know the retreats that I go on for just as listeners there are no drugs involved okay just a disclaimer but like not like I promise they're not like secretly drugging but in the show they're essentially kind of secretly like microdosing them um you figure that out like in the first like episode so uh but um and I'm watching it and I'm like this retreat reminds me so much of all the retreats I go on minus the drugs and minus like the drama of a tv show um it's a great show and I'm watching it and I'm like please end up good because if this ends up bad, this is going to look like I'm going to have to explain myself to my clients who are like, you're going on retreat. Have you watched that show? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's a, it, you should watch it. I even sent Elizabeth a message. I was like, have you watched Nine Perfect Strangers yet? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but so speaking of retreats, I want you to tell everyone listening, like uh, talk about the couples retreat. And by the way, you said it's February 22nd, 2022. Yeah, 22222. Oh, I fucked up. My class is in January. I have to talk to the husband. I think after this conversation, it would be awesome to see you guys there to create that, you know, that sacred space of time together. Um, so yeah, it's interesting because I was shooting for 1111. I was so excited and it was only like a two month advance. Like normally I plan my retreats like five, five ish months in advance, let people, you know, like sort their stuff out. I just got so excited <laughs> from hair love retreat. I'm like, we're booking it now. And I had made this plan to book a couple's retreat in November, like back when I did my last goddess retreat in April. And so that would have been plenty of time, but dad died, was healing myself, needed to like take some time to grieve. And 
then after going to hair love, like my energy was like back. I'm like, Oh, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm motivated. I'm excited. So I just kept on with the same date that we had, like not even thinking it's in two months. Like, Oh wait, people have children. People have Well, and hairstylists like have like booked out like three months and they need six months notice. (laughs) And I still have clients sitting on that same. I was like, Oh, I'm going to let you know. I'm gonna have to cancel you soon. But like, I still had clients that same week too, you know? So I'm in the same boat as everyone else. So we just like had retrograde reflection. We had to like real talk and be like, all right, I think it would be smart if we pushed it to next year. So we only, there was only one week available next year that for this place that we picked, it's like super booked out. Unless you book in the summer, it's like 50 grand. I was like, whoa. So this place is fucking bomb. Um, But the only week that was available was the week of 2-22-22. And it hit me one, two, like in numerology, twos are all about partnership. And so I'm like, okay, I was trying to do 11-11 recommitment ceremony on the beach. But if I'm really thinking about it, like twos are more about relationships and partners. A lot of the goddess stuff that I've done is around numerology and full moons and things like that. So we can utilize the energy um, to amplify what we're trying to create. I mean, people manifested all kinds of cool stuff like on our 11-11 retreat. It was just really special. So I'm always trying to use just the magic of the universe to amplify everything. So for me, when I found that that was the only week available, okay. Yeah. This is meant to be. So 2-22-22, it's Tuesday through Saturday. It's a five-day transformational experience where we will move through healing some of the past that stops us from being present. We're going to dive into connection and intimacy through our communication and how we can support each other by recognizing how do we operate? You know, the even the way that we communicate is kinesthetic. It's um, auditory, it's visual. We need to know, like, is your partner a vision, a visual communicator, or is he an auditory communicator? And if you don't know that, then it's going to be really hard to even communicate on the same level and be in rapport. I think after, for the most part, you've either figured out like how to communicate in a certain way, but they're even just like the slight, even just a slight change. And what I mean by that is if you listen to the way and use this for your clients, this is so important for Silas, when your clients are talking to you and they say, it's either I feel, I think, or I hear, right? I feel like I want these highlights. I think I want these highlights, right? We, our clients are giving us basically the blueprint and how they communicate. So if you want to, in your consultation, if you want to get into a rapport where they trust you really quickly, listen to the way that they're speaking. Are they saying, I think, feel, or hear? and respond in that way. So if someone says, I think I want highlights and you say, well, I feel like you need brown hair. They're out, they are out. They don't want any of it. They don't like you, okay? Because just on an unconscious level that you aren't connecting, right? Same with body language. If your client, and I've watched you do it too, put my hand on my chin, you put your hand on your chin, right? We model and mirror each other's language when we're in rapport. And so that's how I'm always checking. Are we in rapport? Are we there? Sometimes I'll even do this just to see if someone like, Right. Like, are they, uh, I guess people can't really see, but just like making subtle movements or moving my hand in certain places or like putting them together or, you know, putting one up. Like on if my I face. scratch my nose, you're probably going to scratch your I'll nose. Scratch my yeah. nose. Yeah, exactly. Just to like, oh, we're mirroring each other so that, you know, I'm here, I'm present, I'm listening. So like, to, so when we talk about communication, like getting down to the nuances of how to communicate through body language, through attitude, because words are only 7% of communication. That's it. Really? It's the meaning. It's the meaning that we apply to it. It's the energy, the essence, the attitude behind it. You can say, I love you, but if you're in a rush, like, oh, I love you. Right. Like, I love you. Like you, same words. Right. Totally. 
different meaning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to really dive into the way that we communicate and how we do that so that we can just be on the same page. And once we know how to communicate, that's where the walk started for us. Chris and I was trying to lose weight from my wedding back in 2010, girl, I was doing an hour walk every night. We didn't skip. And so because of that, it was an hour of us talking every single night and like, oh, wow. Like we actually, you know, there's things we need to talk about. And oh, wow. You have ideas and dreams. You want to do that? I didn't know you want to do that. And so because we started communicating and talking, we realized we were building our future together on these walks. So everything that we've walked and talked, walkie talkie about in the past, we are now living. We are experiencing that because we are on the same page, visualizing the future together. And that's what I'm really excited about on the last night. Well, every night, but walking together with, can you, like, I was thinking romantic, what's the most romantic situation? I was thinking walking on the beach, holding hands, like kicking the sand in the water. And I want to teach couples how to future forecast together and walk together and walk together, facing the same direction versus like sitting at a dinner table where you're opposing each other that matters like when Chris and I go out to eat a lot of the times we like to sit on the same side even though I like to look at him and talk to him changes the energy because we're both looking in the same direction we're both heading in the same direction so that's what that's why I think walking is so much more effective than just sitting and talking because you feel more attacked when you're looking at someone and having that direct conversation versus if we're looking out into the future for Chris and I we're both visual and so we make very big visual pictures like that's why we have 14 foot ceilings everywhere we live because I'm like I can't be in a small box I right. need to project these visions out big I need I need space and so for us when we go on walks outside it gives us bigger space to project the visions that we want to create and what we're like what we're talking about what we want to manifest in our life so I think the couples retreat is going to be extremely powerful I think it's going to be very vulnerable I think I'm most curious because I hold this space for women for years I've been doing it for years and I don't blink an eye you can tell me anything and this and this trauma and that and I'm like I got you girl like I at this point, after being a hairdresser and a healer, like right. I have heard some shit, you know, like I'm not really phased by any, any of the trauma anymore. Like I've, whoa. Um, but I'm very curious to see how men respond to let's dig into your heart and pull out all the darkness. Like I know how to handle women, but I'm Chris is great with the men. So I'm excited because Chris will finally be that dynamic there to like, create that full balance, like healing within a partnership, because Chris and I practice so much Tantra, connecting our energies together, not just sex and orgasm, but like, how can we merge and to create this blissful oneness? And I really am excited to see like couples get into that very vulnerable space. And like, I don't know, I'm, I'm more curious and excited about this event and this experience than I think I have been in almost everything we've ever created because everything else I've created has felt like, even though it's been unknown, I've felt like, I don't know, like we got this. I know this, this is amazing, but men are, I don't know, men are at this turning point where it's like a lot of the women that I work with have been like, I I asked my husband if he'd want to go and he is not down for that. Yeah. I'm very curious. I'm going to talk. I'm I'm excited to send you a message because I want to talk to my husband to see what he says. Cause I can see him now like, well, what do we do there? (laughs) Like I can can just, the questions are just going to be like, well, I mean, do we just like sit in a circle and like do yoga? (laughs) Like I can't, (laughs) you know, maybe for the first hour. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can't like, I'm just, I'm picturing it. It just kind of makes me laugh, but, um, I would love for him to experience this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even know, like if, if he had to write down his traumas, like, I don't even know if he, I feel like he'd be like, I don't have any, yeah. even though 
he does you know what I mean in different way like just a different kind and it's like um it'd be interesting I'm, I'm gonna have the conversation tonight and and see I would love that. That would be so special to have you guys there. I, I just feel like the more power couples that we can create and just like s small changes, you know, every time I'm coaching women in my programs, like their relationships evolve and change just through the work that the women are doing. So I can only imagine what kind of magic and love and connection will happen when both partners are actually on board and wanting to do this work together. And I think Ultimately, that is why Chris and I are where we're at in the position that we are is because the day we met, I mean, he told me true love is investing in another spiritual growth. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what you are talking about, bro, but like, all right. And that's ultimately the underlying essence of our relationship is that we both were, we both didn't want to be in a relationship at the time. So it was interesting because we both had made a clear and definite declaration to the universe that we were done with partners and that we were going to focus on ourselves and heal. And that's when I made the decision. I'm done chasing boys. I'm going to beauty school. I signed up for beauty school and Chris fucking rolled into my DMS on on my space MySpace. <laughs> yeah, girl, that's how old school we are. So he hit me up on MySpace and I, like three months into my career and I, or, you know, my beauty school days. And I was like, wait, what? I gave up boys. I don't want to do this anymore, but you're the one. And I think it was because we finally both made that commitment, that decision that we were going to heal ourselves and focus on ourselves, And that ended up attracting each other into each other's lives because we both had a similar mission of wanting change. We both want to change. There was, we had nothing in common, not one thing from food to music, to style, to interest, to hair color, to fucking anything. We had nothing in common. We were so opposite. It was very preppy little rebel, um, uh, private school boy meets rainbow haired hippie from the country. Like, right. <laughs> Oh, different. But the one thing we had in common is we both were looking for a transformation for change, for healing, for eliminating the past. Like, I don't want to, I'm not that version of myself that people have like put me into a box or I allowed myself to, you know, create these labels because of other people's opinions. And I think that underlying essence of wanting to heal and change is ultimately what's driven our relationships so far. And, um, I don't know. Like I just, no one's given those tools. Like they're not in the Disney movies. They're not in, they're finally, they're starting to be in books. You know, they're start, it's starting to come out, but like when, like, why don't they teach us relationships in school? You know right. what I mean? Like, why are you teaching us fucking calculus? Like teach me how to like communicate with my partner. You know what I mean? Like, so just feel like the information is finally starting to make its way out there and people are suffering enough that they're looking for change. And I think we talked about that on our last episode to yeah. change reasons you suffer or you learn new information and I think we're tired of suffering and the information is out there yes I totally agree I feel like this is a good spot to stop because yeah. again once again we could probably go for like two more hours um Britt thank you so much absolutely where yeah. is the retreat it's in Florida it's in Destin, Florida on 2-22-22. Yeah, right on the beach. We have a three-story villa um, with all like private king suites, which was also like not the easiest thing to find. I, in the goddess retreats, I'm like, yeah, bunk beds, cool, no problem. But for couples, I wanted to make it very intimate so that everyone had their own king size suite to, you know, like cozy up in at night. So you can tell your partner, it's going to be lots of private sexy time for you. Right. <laughs> time involved okay there's space no kids <laughs> right um what uh where can people find more information yep so you can find all the information at brittanycarmichael.com that's gonna if you go to like the work with me section there's 
all my retreats, all my programs, Oracle deck, elevated life where Chris and I teach our monthly, um, group coaching, like everything you could ever find is that. And then also hit me up on the Instagram at the world by Brit. That's really where I like to hang out and get personal with people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye girl. Bye honey. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks, and I will talk with you on the next one.